0: Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider. We are in our series, A Mature... Apostolic Prophetic Series, where we're raising the bar, raising the standards, for apostolic and prophetic ministry, apostles and prophets. And we have been majoring on the prophetic and prophet ministry. And uh, I have been amazed by the feedback we've been getting from people saying, thank you. Finally, some of these things are being addressed. And and that may beg the question for you, why? Why Why have they not been addressed? And I actually have some comments on that. And we'll get to that at a later time. But I want to talk to today about prophets in the marketplace and a little bit of what New Testament prophetic ministry looks like beyond the four walls. If we're no longer limiting the ministry of the prophet and the prophetic to another gathering, another conference, another event, uh, the prophet is touring or something like that. If we're really wanting to fulfill the all can prophesy, we have to begin to see the fivefold ministry gifts as vehicles uh, more about function than about theology and theory we have no shortage of theory and theology hours and hours thousands of hours of conversations on fivefold and how it will solve all the issues of the church and and we believe in fivefold but fivefold is actually something paul inserted in there as a vehicle almost a general statement of here Is is what equips the saints for the work of the ministry. Here is a means to accomplish the goal. So the goal is not that we would have fivefold, but we would, for lack of a better term, use fivefold to accomplish a greater goal. And one of those being, which I point to and I haven't heard said too often, that all can prophesy. (laughs) <laughs> we really major on fivefold fold Ephesians uh, scripture there and, and kind of minimize what happened in the book of Acts where it said now uh, the spirit of the Lord has been poured out upon uh, all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. This of course was a fulfillment of the prophet Joel's prophetic word but all can prophesy. So If all can prophesy, then they all need equipping from prophets who operate in the fivefold office of prophet, which we've really underscored throughout this series that the New Testament prophet technology is a bit different than the Old Testament, and we won't get into that today. So we see, though the technology is different, one of the fundamental foundational expressions and aspects of the New Testament prophet is the ability to equip people to prophesy. (laughs) And this just makes sense, doesn't it? Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. So if all can prophesy, then all need to be equipped to go out into their spheres. Not all are being invited to prophesy at the conference or uh, have a prophetic word at the gathering, but everyone is in some aspect or sphere of society where the glory of the Lord wants to reach. May the knowledge of the glory of the Lord you know, cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So we need prophecy in the marketplace. There have been times where I have seen no greater way of winning a soul to Christ than when I have prophesied over an unbeliever in the marketplace, out there in society, and they very quickly come to Christ. I mean, this is just one of the 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 blessings of that particular gift. So we need prophets to equip the body. Now, what do prophets and people who prophesy look like in the marketplace? We actually see an awesome model, which I'd like to refer you to one of our episodes in in this series about the shouting prophets versus establishing prophets, where we compared the Elijah model Uh, versus the Elisha model. and We talked about how the Elijah model of the big showdown on the mountain with the prophets of Baal and he's going to call down fire from heaven and hopefully that's going to change everything and and we see that although God does answer by fire, uh, the nation is hardly changed and Elijah actually suffers a little bit of hope deferred and finds himself depressed in a in in a forest and not, not realizing, losing sight of the grand scope of what God is trying to do in the nation. However, the Elisha model and the Elisha technology is different. We have a prophet who's walking in double portion. We have the Elisha model who's not on the mountain calling down fire. Can the nation be born in a day? Uh, we have Elisha who's plowing in the fields. We have Elisha who is taking ground, with his feet on the ground. We have perhaps a a business-minded Elisha model. When we look at Elisha and we see his origins and where he came from, uh, we see a farmer. We see somebody with uh, a level of yoke of oxen that meant he was probably a successful business person. Uh, Maybe he understood farming. Of course, he would have understood seed time and harvest. Maybe he was a systematic thinker, a practical man who understood the value of work ethic and and labor to reap from the earth. I like to think that Elisha wasn't just spiritual, but was also strategic. So Elisha on the ground, with his feet on the ground, plowing in the fields, I like to define as the establishing prophet, the one who is right there where the people are, not off, isolated in a forest, uh, grieving that the nation didn't change in a day, and we can kind of see a little humorous uh, comparison to today's prophets, very much limited to the stage, the mountaintop, the lights, camera, action. Get the get the band going, and now I can prophesy. And we we call on God, and we deliver our prophecies, and God answers by fire, perhaps in the service, but it hardly does anything to reach the nation, which has produced arguably. Uh, a numbness, a spiritual fatigue, prophetic fatigue among believers uh, in the body of Christ. Look, we keep on saying things and prophesying and gathering and, and going through the motions, but have we become religious? Is this charismatic religiosity? Our nations continue to get worse. Well, we need marketplace profits just as much as we need profits who do the conference and edify the body. We need marketplace profits, people that are in society and they are of the Elisha model, plowing in the field where people really are. A number of years ago, I was involved in business. I'm still involved in business. I'm also an entrepreneur. And, uh, and busy that way. Not just equipping the church, but involved out there where people are. And this particular company I was part of had this Persian man, this CEO, who, who a lot of Christians were getting involved in this particular business, and he respected that. And uh, we began to make somewhat of an impact within this particular company. We prayed for our, our, our colleagues. We, we prayed for the CEO of this company. And I remember one day this particular man, a very intimidating, strong man. <laughs> he had won uh, gold medals and different awards for wrestling. He was just even big in stature and size and a uh, multimillionaire, successful, self-made man, uh, invited me to his office, which was intimidating enough. And I was Still young in my prophetic gift, and, and I went to his office and sat across his big desk uh, desk, his daunting, you know, awards behind him in his office there. And I remember he said to me that they were looking to uh, possibly buy a building and expand their operations. And so he asked me if I'd be willing to pray about it. And he, he, he actually said, "I hear that you hear from God. <laughs> I was told that you pray." and you dream dreams, and you pray, and you hear from God, and he said, would you pray about this? And, uh, so, you know, I kind of wanted to quickly get out of this man's office, so I said, of course, sure, sir, I'll pray for you. And, uh, and I got up as if the meeting was over, I'm gonna remember him in prayer, <laughs> I'll never forget what he, he said, uh, no, could you pray right now, and tell me what God says? Well, the shock went through my body, and, uh, and I went and bowed my head and I began to reluctantly pray. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit spoke. And he spoke clearly. When the voice of God breaks through your own thoughts, breaks through the atmosphere in a room and speaks. And he spoke to me and told me, didn't give me the the answer for this man, but spoke and said, pray in tongues. Well, there was no way I was going to uh, destroy my reputation in front of this man, make the rest of the believers in the company look crazy by blurting out in tongues in his office. And so I proceeded to pray what was probably the most driest unanointed prayer I've ever prayed in my life. And I'm, uh, I'm praying in English and I'm, I'm resisting the Holy Spirit, believe it or not. I was used to ministry in a church building at a conference, but not in this kind of setting. Here I was, an Elisha, in the field, uh, plowing with this burden. And uh, as I was praying in English, even the sound of the prayer, it had almost a supernatural dryness and deadness to it. So finally, with all reluctance, I began to pray in tongues. And I didn't dare look up. I didn't want to see this man's face. And I began to pray in tongues with my head bowed and I could feel my cheeks flushing, <laughs> a slight red. I was so embarrassed, but I did it by faith. And after praying in tongues for for X amount of time and felt a release, I opened my eyes and 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 looked up at this man and I saw that his Persian skin had <laughs> had uh changed shade slightly and, and I even saw moistness in his, in his eyes and I thought surely I've, I've embarrassed this man in some way or he thinks I'm crazy and he blurted out I didn't know you knew how to speak Farsi which is of course Iranian language Persian language here as I was praying in tongues I was speaking Farsi to this man or God was speaking to this man well he had the shock of shocks Apparently I was declaring glory over their purchase and the glory of God and, and whatever it was. And this was a moment that I will never forget, almost before a King Darius uh, and, and, you know, prophet, prophetic model in the marketplace, which I never forgot. And that was a moment where we know God wants to use us in Babylon. We know God wants to use us in Walmart, wherever we are. But oftentimes it's just our lack of courage and obedience to the voice of the Lord and even the faith to believe that God could use prophecy. We have so religionized this thing we have we have so confined it to the gathering we've forgotten the power of the scattering going with the gifts of the spirit going with the gospel it works when the church is scattered in a profound way in places with people who would never come to your church never don the doors of your prophetic meetings and gathering but jesus christ and his kingdom meets them right there prophecy the testimony of Jesus. They have an encounter with the person of Jesus right there in that moment. And that became a model for me to take courage and use prophecy, inject faith into prophecy as a marketplace prophet. A good friend of mine, David Balestri, who is a prophet, uh, also functions with you know apostolic lenses, and this comes easy for him. The 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 view and the, that there's a need for prophetic people to get out there and to function with apostolic lenses, being sent, sent ones into society. And he, he manages and coaches some top business leaders in the world, uh, has quite a successful uh, coaching platform, a very respected apostolic and prophetic voice in the body of Christ. And he sent me a testimony that I just, I'm just going to read it to you uh, rather than try to describe it. I think it'll impact you, especially those that are listening by podcast. But he says, A few years ago, a successful young businessman from our congregation contacted me. Although I was familiar with him as a member of our community and a businessman, I was unaware of the full scope of his enterprise. And by the way, side note, these kind of people are sitting in your churches, Pastor. These kind of people that are so out there beyond where you will ever go, these people who are managing business, who are involved in the seven spheres of society, they are there and they've been placed there by God and they have a grace to function there. So we need to continue to break the the borders and the boundaries of our kind of ecclesiastical model that everything has to take place in the church building or at the conference, especially when it comes to the prophetic. But I was unaware of the full scope of his enterprise. He invited me to his office in the city. And upon my arrival, he shared an intriguing story. For six months, he had felt God placing me on his heart as someone who might assist him with a challenging issue in his business. I inquired why he had waited so long to contact me. He confessed, He had had felt apprehensive because he knew I was a prophet. He was unsure whether my visit would bring good or bad news for his business. You see what we've done with prophets? (laughs) Church folk are afraid to to engage because when you view prophets through Old Testament prophetic lenses, you get into this kind of dysfunction. Rather than being an asset, uh, it becomes something we just shy away from. This man was a land developer working on a significant deal worth $20 million. Despite the project's size, he was confident because it fell within his area of expertise. However, he started facing numerous escalating challenges. Whenever a prospective buyer showed interest in the property, legal, financial, and banking issues invariably interfered, causing the potential buyer to withdraw. How many know what that's like? trying to step out in business and can't seem to find the prosperity and breakthrough uh, like we're the head and not the tail. Puzzled and distressed, he questioned me if there was an unseen force causing these problems. After a period of fasting and introspection, he could not identify any sin on his part that might have given the adversary an upper hand. He started to believe that these obstacles were attempts by the devil to bankrupt him. As he narrated his ordeal, I had a vision of Elijah being fed by the ravens and sustained by the brook. The vision shifted to show the ravens ceasing to return and the brook drying up. In that moment, I heard the Lord's voice. Notice that. In that moment, in that engagement, out there in society, out there plowing in the field, he has a vision. and uh, and I heard the Lord's voice, so God is about to speak. When this dear son of mine stops speaking, tell him this. It is not the devil blocking this deal. I am the one preventing it because he has stopped listening to my voice in his business. He has become too comfortable operating at this tens of millions of dollar level. However, his destiny and kingdom call is to operate at a hundreds of millions of dollar level level. Come on. I shared my vision and the message from the Lord with him. He was initially stunned, but then confessed and repented, admitting that he had relied less on seeking God's guidance as he grew confident in his own abilities. This is such healthy prophetic ministry. When, that's my side note, we prayed together and he committed himself to realign with God's voice and the Holy Spirit's leadership in his business. That meeting took place on a Friday, and the following Wednesday, merely five days later, I received a message from this man. An investor had unexpectedly appeared at his office, inquired about his projects, and immediately purchased the $20 million property, leaving a $2 million deposit by day's end. Six months later, amidst the COVID-19 lockdowns in June 2020, I received another message from this young man. He had signed his first $100 million deal. I just love stories like this because God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He will have a prophet, somebody not gifted per se in in business or gifted in in the area that this particular person is. I didn't know what this Persian man knew. I wasn't skilled the way he was, but I could hear the voice of God. And one thing that I've found throughout my travels and ministry, having brought me before kings, queens, successful people, influential people, all manner of people in different demographics, I have seen that in general, all people have a simplistic desire to know God, to meet God, to have God work in their lives, and to prosper. No matter what they know, no matter how skilled they are, they are ready. If you're a king, you're in tune and desiring the word of the prophet. And we carry that as marketplace prop- prophets. When, in a dispensation, when the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh, we have this marvelous opportunity to encounter people with our skill set which is the ability to hear and see from heaven? They want that. That's what we have, and we're able to meet them right where they at, uh, right where they are at. We're able to, as conduits of the voice of God, deliver for them a connection with the kingdom of God that they wouldn't normally be able to have, no matter how much of a self-made man or woman that they are. This is the profoundness of marketplace prophetic ministry. And I'm happy to say that it's on the rise. We're seeing more of this as people are daring to believe they can be used out there. But this brings us back to our Ephesians 5. We know that the Spirit of God has been poured out upon all flesh in the book of Acts, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, old men will dream dreams, all of that. Now we see the need for Ephesians 5 Office of the prophet to be equipping people, to be equipping people to prophesy, to be equipping people to function in what has been poured out upon them. This is a glorious era. <laughs> this is where all bets are off. This is, this is a new dispensation. That's why I always say the New Testament prophet technology is actually an upgrade. The Elisha double portion is actually the ability to be a prophet and equip, but to be plowing in the fields right where the people are, with your feet on the ground, instead of laying in a field somewhere, tired from trying to make something happen that will change the nation in a day. We need more. We need more of those who God has called and poured his spirit upon to carry the knowledge of the glory of God into every corner of the earth until his glory covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. God bless you. Coming up next week, almost impotent or, or crippled to how to relate to and reach people right where they really are. This is the very opposite of how the Lord Jesus Christ operated in the book of Acts. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit HistoryMakersAcademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.